0: Good morning, friends. It's good to see you and, and good to um, worship with you all today and, and uh, great to, to share the, the Easter message. Uh, friends, he is risen. He is risen indeed. We'll do it a couple more times throughout the service. So we'll keep, we'll keep, keep working on it. One of my, my um, favorite comfort TV shows during the pandemic has been the NBC sitcom Superstore. Maybe it's because I worked as a card attendant at Target in high school, and it brought up a lot of memories. Or maybe it's because the show tackled so many of the pressing issues facing our world today, um, including the pandemic, but with, with a little comedic brevity as well. Anyways, I, I enjoyed the show very much, and it was bittersweet to see the series finale the past week. I promise I won't give away any spoilers, but like so many shows, the series Found a series finale, found a way to complete the arc of each character and storyline. Made the ending feel like everything was conveniently being wrapped up in a neat little bow. Gave us that, uh, gives you that sort of feel good hallmark moment of closure. Well, friends, let's just say that Mark's take of the Easter story and the ending of his gospel is the exact opposite of the superstore approach. Mark's gospel is the oldest of the four in the Bible, and so it has the earliest Easter story. And Mark's Easter looks a little different than the other three. If you look in your Bibles, you'll likely see 20 verses in chapter 16 of Mark. So you might be thinking, Pastor, I know you're trying to keep services short during the pandemic and all, but I think we can be okay to hear the whole Easter story, right? Well, Almost all scholars today believe that the original Gospel of Mark ended at verse 8, just like our reading, finishing with this, um, ending with this unfinished cliffhanger. The remaining 12 verses are added hundreds of years later by people trying to smooth out the rough edges and unfinished edges of the story. Which is why in most English Bibles, like if you were to look in our pew Bibles, you would see that these verses appear in brackets, meaning that they're likely a later edition, not part of the original gospel. As we'll see, friends, Mark's original story needs no smoothing out. Easter for Mark begins very early in the morning. A few women, Mary Magdalene, Mary Mother of James, and Salome, bring spices to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. These brave women are, are the only ones who remain by Jesus at his crucifixion. All of the disciples, the whole crowd shouting Hosanna a few days before, they're long gone. They've deserted him. These faithful women bring spices to anoint the uh, uh, body uh, after death, a Jewish custom. When they arrive, not only is the stone gone, Jesus' body is gone too. All they see is a young man in a white robe sitting inside. Of course, these women were concerned and even alarmed, but the man tells them, Do not be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He is not here. He has been raised. Look, there's the place where they laid him. But go tell Peter and the disciples that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just like he promised you before. But, of course, instead of doing as the man told him, these women are overwhelmed with terror and amazement. They ran off not saying a thing to anyone because they're afraid. And with that, Mark's gospel is done. He drops the mic, the credits roll, that's the end. Mark gives us no appearances of the risen Jesus to his followers, no sentimental last words that we get in the other three. So, Mark ends his gospel abruptly, but let's be clear, it's still good news. It's still very much gospel. Mark's Easter story may not have a resurrection appearance, but it leaves us with an empty tomb and a promise. Let's start with the empty tomb. The three women see the empty tomb and run away. These remaining faithful uh, by Jesus' side through his death, but now when they're told of the resurrection, they're overwhelmed with fear, and so they run away. Why would they do this? Why would they be afraid? Their teacher has done as he promised to do. This is truly amazing, yet their fear paralyzes them from being able to tell anyone. In fact, the Greek highlights the women's fear and silence by using a double negative, you know, the thing our our grade school English teachers would be scolding us for, but in Greek, it's It's used to exaggerate something or to really highlight something. So my translation of this verse sounds something more like out of a mafia movie. They said nothing to no one. They were afraid. I think the women are afraid of the idea of resurrection itself. The world is so consumed and dominated by death that it affects every aspect of human life, whether or not we actually realize it. Sadly, in the last year, we've become all too aware of the power of death in the world in light of the pandemic. So Jesus being raised from death shatters this last barrier, giving us hope for eternal life, giving us hope that death does not have the last word. But this hope is so at odds with the world we live in, the world that we know and understand, that we flee from any glimpse of it that we might see. though the gospel ends in fear we know the story can't end here if these women had remained silent if the only witnesses to the resurrection kept silent we wouldn't be sitting here today we wouldn't gather to say the joyful words that he is risen risen. y'all are paying attention good We know eventually they'll tell Peter and the disciples about the resurrection. President of Union Seminary Brian Blunt says for this reason, Mark intentionally ends his gospel with this cliffhanger, because it's our job as the church to finish the story. If the gospel feels unfinished, maybe it's because it's our job to finish it. This is where the promise part of the story comes in. Well, really a command and a promise. The young man tells the women to go to the disciples and tell them about the resurrection. This is the command part. Now, perhaps the women aren't just afraid of the idea of resurrection, but rather what it means. They're now on the hook to live as the disciples Jesus has called them to be. A self-denying, cross-carrying way of living that is truly at odds with the world we know. But it's in this fear, this uncertainty, this hesitancy that the promise is given. The man tells the women that Jesus is going ahead of them to Galilee, and there they will see him. Jesus goes ahead of us to Galilee. This is important because as Roger Gensch of the Presbyterian Outlook notes, Galilee was their home. It represented their everyday existence and reality for the disciples. Jesus goes out ahead of us to Galilee. We can trust the promise that the risen Christ has gone ahead of us to meet us in our Galilee's, in our everyday encounters and troubles. Aren't these such comforting words to hear as we wrestle with an uncertain future? A lingering pandemic that just won't go away? Continuing violence, division, It's a promise that Jesus can't be found in the tombs of our broken dreams, our heartaches, and regrets. He's not there. No, Jesus has already gone ahead of us into Galilee, into God's future. We can be assured of the presence of the risen Christ as we venture out into this uncertain world. Because we know that Christ has gone ahead of us. And there, in Galilee, in our everyday We will see him. We will see our risen Lord in our homes and our workplaces. We know that he's gone ahead of us and is present with the exhausted medical workers treating COVID patients and running vaccine clinics. He's present with teachers and school staff scrambling to find ways to safely educate our children. He's present with the record number of families in line at the food pantry a promise of presence a promise that we will see Jesus in Galilee in our everyday world and lives you know I saw the risen Christ at work in Galilee this week one of our elders and I were on the front lawn of the church finishing our setup for the Good Friday Stations of the Cross with uh, Tracy our DCE one of our DCEs and a man walked by on the sidewalk and said to us You know, I could never understand that whole Trinity thing. But you know, I don't want to go to hell either. Our elder who was pretty close to to this man walking by immediately embraced him and whispered something softly to him, so softly that I couldn't hear it. But in reality, I didn't need to. Because it became evident when the man responded right afterwards. You know... That's what I love about God. Happy Easter, y'all. As the gospel says, the risen Christ has gone ahead of you to Galilee, to your daily existence, and it's there you will see him. Mark's gospel ends with an empty tomb and a promise. It's an Easter story that reminds us that God has busted out of the tomb and shattered the power of death. It's an Easter story that cannot be limited to a single appearance of the risen Christ because He's now on the loose in our world. Let us go boldly out into our world in this uncertain time to live out this good news, knowing that the risen Christ will meet us wherever Galilee happens to be. Because, friends, He is risen. Hallelujah. Amen.